Hey folks, it's Bama Athreya, your host on The Geek Podcast. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. And this show is now part of the Labor Radio Podcast Network. You can discover more than just us by visiting their website at laborradionetwork.org. The Labor Radio Network will help you find your favorite union podcast or radio show, besides this one, of course. What is the Labor Radio Podcast Network? It's a simple network of folks from around the United States. Working people keep raising their voices more and more each day and demanding better treatment from their workplaces and from their elected officials. These voices don't get heard very much on the corporate-controlled media. But the 21st century labor movement has a new way to get its message out there besides traditional media gatekeepers. Uh, Yeah, it's ironic, but we are talking about corporate-controlled social media. But we are trusting you as the gatekeepers. So plug in and get the real news. For a one-stop shop, just visit laborradionetwork.org. On the main page, you'll see a grid of show logos, and you can just click on any one of them and the description and links pop up right there. It's worth going to visit this ever-growing set of voices for labor. BCTGM Voices Project, a podcast highlighting the real people who make up our union. And I'm happy to report that we've got a great program put together now with some really talented people the executive officer has hired this year. There's nothing louder than when a whole other union that has nothing to do with your industry just shows up right on the picket line. And they don't forget that. The other unions never forget that. And I knew that I had to convince him on paper. Because he kept saying, the toolbox is not showing this. I'm like, hey, let's just go out on faith. I know that it's a victory. I didn't have any doubt. Why would we sell out the future for people coming under me with less than 20 years of people that's going to get hired? Our union is stronger than it's ever been. This is the most I've ever seen this union down in Richmond come together and have each other's backs. They all were fighting for the same cause. This is the BCTGM Voices Project. At the time of this recording, members of BCTGM Local 390G are approaching their fifth month on strike against international flavors and fragrances in Memphis, Tennessee. We first heard from these workers who produce soy protein ingredients for brands like Nestle Purina, Cargill, and Kellogg Company at the end of June when they reported their theory that the company's main intent was to break the union rather than bargain in good faith. That goal seems clearer than ever four months later as we sat down once more to get an update from the workers, their lead negotiator, BCTGM International Rep Jason Thomas, as well as BCTGM International Secretary Treasurer David Woods, who has reached out to the company's attorney and top executives to no avail. Here are their stories. I'm Jason Thomas. I'm the BCTGM International Representative. Cedric Wilson, I'm the local 390G union president. I'm Kevin Passaretti. I am local 
390G step shops here. I'm QA analyst one, and I've been one for 35 years with the company. And Cedric, you work there too, right? Yes, ma'am. I'm a 10 year, 10 year operator one. I'm David Woods. I'm International Secretary of Treasury. Uh, of the BCTGM. The BCTGM, right. GM, right. Okay. So let's go ahead and just start by getting an update from you guys on strike, how the people are doing. So you know, right now, we, I think we're doing pretty good. You know, it is, we're about almost five months in, so it's pretty good check time right now. But we're still about 140 strong. Um, people have found things to do. They find ways to cope and get on, get on with their lives because life does go on. But, you know, yeah. we're, we're fine. Uh, yeah, you know, at this time, your money starts running thin and you go get a job to make sure it doesn't go out. You know, that's what I've had to do. And I it's just life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, Jason, you're the lead negotiator on this contract, correct? Uh, Can you you just remind us what we're holding the line for on what issues specifically? So some of the issues where they were trying to take away overtime after eight uh, paid lunch breaks. They were trying to take that with away from us. They were trying to take our benefits and make changes after 30 days. So they they wanted to with the 30 day notice, they could be able to change our benefits. Among other things, there was other things on there, but that was the that was the key points. Yeah. Uh, so Kevin and and Cedric, um, I know you guys are being strong and you're doing what you have to do, but you know, is there any like personal update that you can give just to provide some some perspective on uh, how this is impacting your families at this point? You know, it's it's impacting me a lot. You know, personally, you know, I've. You know, I always make the joke that, man, I, I do more work now than I had when I was, when I was in the plant, right? You know, uh, but it's it's all worth it to me because I, I understand that the fight is is just bigger than us right now. You know, it's, it's, it seems to be, to me, it's, it's just a countrywide fight and it's necessary. So, you know, you just some, somebody just got to suck it up and go ahead and do it. So it's kind of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. and, it, and from my end, you know, my spouse is worried, you know, it's, this is a very unsure time for us. You know, we've been married 25 years and, you know, this is the most severe things have gotten, you know, you, you don't know, you live in day to day more than what, when you have your job is secure. And be honest with you, this is worth, still worth it because I don't want to give up all those benefits. You know, they're asking me to give up roughly twelve to $13,000 worth of benefits and there is no compensation, you know, what, just for a job. I could do that yeah. with McDonald's. Yeah. And then someone else had made the point, uh, taking those benefits and then also taking the overtime away so that you can't even make up the difference. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, you know, it's, it, and to harp on that, it's, it's not so much about the money when it comes to overtime. It's, it's, it's more so about the time, right? You know, because, you know, the company has complete autonomy over overtime. They could cut it off whenever they want to, you know. We could all work 40 hours, go home, and nobody would be able to complain or say a thing, you know. But it's just about the time, you know. Yeah. But if you're going to make me stay, pay me. But if you're going to let me go home, let me go home. So, Secretary Treasurer Woods, you have been down there walking the line with these guys. Uh, I know that you've also done what you can to try to, you know, reach out to CEO and their company lawyers, and you just haven't had any success with that do you want to kind of elaborate on those things yeah thank you michelle yeah um 
I have been down the picket line a few times, and and I have to say the guys down there are holding up pretty good. I've been we've it's our seventh strike in just a few years with different companies, and these guys are just are doing just as good as anybody else could ever do or expect them to do, especially at this stage, going over four months, knocking toward five months on strike. Um, the company first of all created this strike. They're the ones that cost it, uh, all the takeaways and and the uh, the way they came into bargaining. If you've watched any other pod, uh, the podcast prior to this, you'll see that the, the company came in with no proposals and their intent was to not get a contract and, and to or, or take away everything that's meaningful to the worker. And uh, so the company created the strike. They caused this. The workers <laughs> held out way over a year uh, trying to bargain in good faith. And the company came to the table not one time bargaining in good faith to get a fair equitable contract uh, with this with the with their workforce. But as far as uh, getting with the company, uh, yeah, there's been, I know talking to Vice President Zach Townsend, there's been emails back and forth with through a mediator, uh, through the company, uh, and uh, all, all, all along, uh, trying to trying to get back to the table to negotiate and uh, continue negotiations. And I reached out to the company attorney a week Monday ago, and they were kind of excited. He was excited about uh, getting back to the table. He'd let me know the next day. I've not heard a word. So it's been almost two weeks now and still haven't heard any response from, the, from them. Now, we just recently, Cedric sent a letter to uh, Frank Clyburn up in New York, which is the C, uh, the top CEO of the company. And he is, uh, we're encouraging him to sit down and meet with us next Wednesday, a small delegation with Cedric, myself, maybe Daryl Copeland, uh, which is an international rep, to sit down and talk about what it takes to get back to the table and see if we can't get a fair contract for the workers and something you know the company could live with as well, and so far we've heard no response, have we, Cedric? No, no response. No at response all. yet. And we've sent that letter out earlier this week. We've heard no response, but hey, we're going to be there in New York, and uh, we're putting out press statements. We've sent out a call for all AFL-CIO unions to be at this rally on next Wednesday on the 18th at one o'clock to uh, uh, to uh, uh, rally in front of their world headquarters, and hopefully. We'll get an opportunity to meet with some some of the CEOs of the company, see what it's going to take to back, get back to the table. Since they're ignoring our call to get back to the table, only shows that they're not interested in getting a fair contract with the workers. Yeah, so so that's kind of the next point of this live talk is to put this information out there about this rally. It's going to be in New York City in front of their headquarters. Um we do know uh, that we've got uh, BCTGM Local 53 uh, will be in attendance. We've got some um, East Central officers. Um, Vice President Roger Miller is coming. And um, Local 6, I think 57 sending somebody, 118 is going to send somebody. We've got several locals, but I spoke with the CLC of downtown New York City yesterday, and they've called out for uh, as many people to come. We're asking for our, our union veterans groups and retiree groups to also show up at this rally. We're not, we don't know how many people are going to be there, but they're all welcome and they'll definitely be welcome when they get there. As an update, the rally being discussed in this segment took place on October 18th, 2023. My international president, Anthony Shelton, sends his welcome and appreciation for everybody that's come out today for this, to help us out here and has helped us across the country. I want to thank uh, you know, Liz Shuler and her staff, Fred Redmond uh, from the AFLCO, getting the word out to everybody. 
councils all across the country, the CLCs, the state CLCs, our retirees. And that, that's right, that's right. And even though there's other strikes going on, we're, we got you back too. This is, our, this is the bakery workers' seventh strike in three years with a major corporation that, that is, um, has been trying to just gut and take away from the While work. the requested meeting with CEO Frank Clyburn never came to pass, the workers were supported by BCTGM Locals 6 in Philadelphia, Local 53 in New York City, and Local 118 in Washington, D.C. Our union would also like to thank the representatives who showed up from SAG-AFTRA, UAW, Utility Workers, Retail Workers, IATSE, Theatrical Wardrobe Union, and others. We'd also like to send a special thank you to the New York City CLC, who helped get these supporters out for us, and also spread the word locally through their channels. In the very beginning, when we first started talking about this, you guys were very clear on the fact that they came into negotiations, this company, with the intent of breaking the union. Yes. Uh, And it seems like that goal is being proven kind of every day. Yeah, I mean, the negotiations, it was just complete surface bargaining on their part. You know, you know, it's just trying to go through emotions and they weren't taking any of our proposals seriously. You know, I know, you know, we hear rumors inside, you know, from the plant that they are trying to call this an economic strike. But the thing is, is that we never even made it to an economic discussion. You know, yeah, most of our proposals didn't affect anyone monetarily, you know. Right. Yeah. And Cedric, I've heard you on other uh, shows and podcasts talking about just the fact that everyone's on strike right now. Um, so it's kind of not a good time for a company to play games like this. Yeah, it's, it's I, you know, I honestly, this is my personal opinion. I think this is a class warfare that's going on in this country right now. Yep. You know, it's it's a change. People are tired, you know. People are sick of just being cheated, you know, simply because some CEO can't get an extra yacht, you know. It's ridiculous. You know, I go back to the healthcare thing, you know, I... I talked about this on the last podcast where I took my son to get a sports physical and I had to pay out of pocket for it. It was 20 bucks. You know, it's just ridiculous. And I still got four, three, four thousand, five, six thousand dollar deductibles for some people, you know. Yeah. And we, even though this has been hard on my, my wife and I, you know, our kids are grown. You know, said kids are not. A lot of the people on the line, their kids are not, you know, they're still in elementary. They're still, you know, toddlers. They're still in high school. This is yeah. you know, even harder on them. Right. For sure. but, but yet they stay in the line. That's right. Even with my child, you know, I have a, you know, I got an older son who's getting into sports right now, you know, so he, he could be injured at any moment, right? You know, I have to be ready for that. And yeah. I got another son who's six years old who's autistic. He's on the spectrum, yeah. you know? And so I have to kind of be ready and he has to have extra care and extra needs. And I can't do that with a company that's just going to disrespect you like that. And I believe that's what we're getting to, Michelle. Uh, a lot of companies that are coming after takeaways from their employees at this time with inflation as high as it is and with the uh, and still, I mean, COVID wasn't that far ago. These guys came to work every single day and did the job and put out the product for the company. And then uh, and then inflation's gone up. And what do they want to do, they want to pad their pockets with more money. They're making record product product. I mean, record profits. And but yet they want to take it away from the workers even more and more and more. And it's just it's just ridiculous. And that's what's going on in the country right now. These companies can't get it in their head that the workers, they got to have workers to produce. And you can't keep uh, kicking the worker. The workers going to stand up and fight. And that's why you see so many fights around the country right now. It's time for the worker working class to take back 
what they've been, what's been taken away from them or what's being tried to be taken away from them. It's time for the worker class to fight back. And I know the workers down at 390G and this BCTGM, uh, all we have to President Shelton of our international is going to be in this fight till it's over. And it's not over until the workers say it's over and the workers aren't going to give up until they win. It's going to be a victory. I can feel it. Yes. I know it. It's going to happen. Good. One of in a previous strike that we had, the one with John Donair, one of the workers, she's been told if it's such a bad job, you should just maybe leave and find a new one. And she made the point, it's not a bad job. That's why I'm here fighting for it. You know, because if you keep giving up and doing that, then you're not going to have any more good jobs. That's right. Not, not only is it a, not a bad job, you know, nobody, nobody's ever said that. It's an important job. You, yeah. know? you know, we make we make food for the world. Yeah. You know, you know, I, you know, without us, I, I, you know, I believe there would be a literal food shortage, especially for the babies, the babies. Right. You know, we, we make a very important pro, uh, protein product that we sell to multiple food vendors. So without us, you're going to have a food shortage. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's and, a great point. And to elaborate on that, it's not just uh, baby food; it's dog food, pet food. Yeah. Uh, they put protein. This uh, this ingredient that they produce from soy uh, protein goes into a lot of a lot of products that are that consumers use every day. And uh, and without that product, those consumers can't put that product on the shelf. And there is some some concerns. I know. Um, I was just talking earlier to uh, Cedric, and Cedric might be able to elaborate a little bit more. You know. The company's trying to run with uh, unskilled, unqualified labor, and the company's cutting corners. What we're being told in the plan, Cedric, you chime in. What we're being told in the plan is the company is, is uh, when well, I was out there, I saw fire trucks. I've seen ambulances going to the facility. I've seen them all. Uh, it happens regularly. They have pump trucks pumping out ingredients. At least two or three times a week. Go ahead. You got fire trucks. You got you got uh, heel services. They they pump out when you plug up. You know, right? You know, certain vessels or whatever. And you, you had uh, if at multiple police call. You had yep. plenty of OSHA violations from what, what I hear. You know, yeah. OSHA's been in the plant. Uh, they've been they've gone through the plant. They're they're looking at uh, the violations that they're having. The company is this company is uh, without having the skilled, qualified, trained, safe workers in the plant. There's some concerns out here on the picket line. I know I was talking to several of the workers on the picket line. They're concerned about what's happening in the plant, not only about the safety uh, corners they're cutting, but the product quality that they're cutting. Uh, do, you, do, you, do you hear the same stuff, Cedric? Yeah, I, you know, it, it's, and another thing you know, on that, you know, one of the most important things, especially with this plant is, you know, of course, we're a manufacturing plant and you have to, in order to be truly safe, you have to have skill slash tenure. You know, you can't just bring somebody off the street to do that job and, and expect them to be completely safe. It's just impossible. Without us, they can't be safe. It's impossible. Yeah. And really, after their initial 90 days, that's a good five years before they really get that right. knowledge in their heads. I, I think when you, when you start, you know, kind of combing through our, our roster or whatever, you'll find you have 10-year vets, 20-year vets, 30-year vets. It's very rare for a person in my my position to be a one year operator and to be skilled and, and and safe, right? And you know, you know, I'm not saying it can't happen, but it's just unlikely. But it's not only unsafe for them; it's unsafe for the consumer as well, because 
you know, you, you also got lab techs who check and make sure that you don't have any micro issues or things like that. And so, you know, folks out there need to know that, hey, this is what you're putting in your in your children and your dogs and your, your, your elderly. This is what you're putting in their bodies. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of concern on the picket line about. So we're not just in, trying to get a contract. We're trying to make sure that we put out good quality product. And right now, the company's not doing it without us. And uh, so whatever they're trying to put out is going to be inferior. And we're not even sure about the quality of it. And we're concerned about that as well. Uh, the workers are concerned because we know we're fighting to get back in there and, and to produce a good quality product. Um, and uh, the, for some reason, the company isn't interested in that right now. All right. Well, this has been really good information. Um, I thank you guys for taking the time today. Uh, again, uh, the workers obviously in this fight needs support. Uh, the most immediate way to provide that is to attend this rally in New York City in front of the headquarters of IFF, uh, make some noise for them. It's, you can find the IFF strike. The workers group is on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash IFF strike. Um, you can also follow BCTGM International on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter or X as it's called now. Um, So those are ways to support them at this point in time. Um, I think we've covered everything. Does anybody want to add anything before we wrap it up? Michelle, they can also come to the strike line in Memphis. Come to the strike line. Yes. Yeah. That always pumps up the the guys out there for sure. Oh yeah. And there's an IFF GoFundMe and, and uh, out there as well, I think is uh, warranted. I I do want to, I do want to thank all the AFL-CIO different international unions that have sent uh, their locals out there to their picket line, uh, send support, letters, cards. Just keep it coming because we we do appreciate it. And we do we do uh, like and share everything that's been uh, utilized. It takes all of us to win and not just one of us to win. It takes all of us. And I believe that there's been a lot of unions locally in Memphis, across the state of Tennessee, but also around the country and the globe that have showed support and compassion to our to our strike and have got our backs. And uh, yeah. we do want to send a thank you out to everybody who's who's done anything, whether they've come to line, sent a letter, a card, shared a post, everything helps. And we do appreciate everything everybody's doing. Yeah. Yes, and of course, uh, for all the other workers that are on strike right now, in those other unions, we also fully support their efforts. Absolutely. It's all the same fight as far as we're concerned. And a special shout out to uh, special shout out to UAW who just especially yeah. those guys. We definitely feel for you, and we definitely here to support y'all as well. Uh, I do want to send a extra special thanks too to uh, the Central Labor Council here, especially Kevin Bradshaw and Sweet Trooper Breaker. They've been very integral in helping us get things, getting the word out, and giving us support. And I definitely want to thank them and a lot of local top politicians here as well. Absolutely, yeah. politicians have really come out in the Memphis area. Um, Several times, more than one time, even the mayor of uh, of Memphis has come out and provided lunch for our workers out on the picket line. So it's been it's been very very uh, rewarding uh, to see that our politicians uh, that there are some out there that care about workers. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for this, um, and thanks for everyone who tuned in. Thank see you. Right. Thank see If you found this content valuable, please consider sharing it on your own social media pages and be sure to tag us. We are BCTGM on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
For more on the activities of the BCTGM, go to bctgm.org.